Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. With 19 days before the midterm election day, are your top issues the economy and inflation, education, and immigration and law and order like the latest polls show for Americans? Regardless, what are your political values and how will they determine who gets your vote? Welcome to another episode of Counterthought. Like I said in the introduction, there are 19 days until the midterm elections of 2022. There have been talks going on for months about the elections, the run-up to the election, just like with every election cycle. Looking back over the past couple of elections, they're talking about referendums in 2020, like a referendum on Trump, referendum in 2016 on the typical establishment and how Donald Trump was able to defeat Hillary Clinton because Americans didn't want the same, didn't want the status quo of what was going on back in 2016. 2020, again, the referendum on Trump. In 2022, this midterm election, yes, it's not a presidential election, it is a midterm election, but there is a lot of focus that this will be a referendum on Joe Biden and the Democrats that are currently in Congress and then even in the state houses and for governorships. So as you are evaluating what is most important to you, this episode I want to focus also on what are your political values? Are you a single issue voter? Is there one single issue that trumps all? You know, you could love what, let's say, an existing governor is doing, but if they do one thing or take one stance, one policy stance that differs from what you want to see, is that going to sway your entire vote? Is that going to cause you to vote for someone or vote for the other party? Is that going to cause you to maybe not vote at all? Also, when it comes to your political values, are you looking at the national picture, like with this midterm election? Are you focused on trying to, in this case, in this 2022 election, trying to overturn the Senate, <clears throat> trying to flip the House from blue to red, the Senate from blue to red? You know, there's a lot of focus on the Senate going back to the 2020 election and the counting of votes and then Georgia had a runoff election, and then they ended up taking both Senate seats, tipping the scales to be 50-50 within the tiebreaker going to our Vice President, Kamala Harris. Or you focused more local with your, with your vote, with your, your elections. Maybe you could care a little bit less about what goes on on the, on the national level with senators and Congress, uh, men and women that you're voting for. And maybe you're focused more on what is more local to you regardless of how or regardless of who you are voting for all of this is influenced by your political values and the latest polling as of this week which is you know october 19th at the time of this recording 
The latest polls that came out earlier this week on Monday showed that the issues that Americans are putting highest on their list when it comes to their vote in this midterm are the economy and inflation, education, immigration, law and order. And then in fourth would be abortion and gun policy. They're pretty uh, neck and neck or tied, you could say. Are any of those on your list? The economy and inflation has been, you know, much discussed. We have seen plus seven inflation rate year over year since December of 2021. You know, we just got the September numbers about a week ago. Inflation continues to be above 8% year over year. I think we've been above 8% since about May, March or May. I want to say it's March. So we're going on, what is that, about, about six months straight of inflation year over year above 6%. Is it the economy? We are being told by the administration that, you know, the unemployment rate is low. The economy is fine. Don't pay attention to what you, don't worry about the inflation. There's not a recession. You know, yes, we've had two straight quarters of negative GDP, which is kind of like the standard <clears throat> evaluation of, of what, of, of reaching a recession. But, you know, we've been told that we're not in a recession. We've been told that they've um, added more jobs to the economy when, in fact, those jobs have just been a replacement of the jobs that were lost at the start of the pandemic. Are you hurting with the current economic economic times and then the economic outlook into the future? Uh, the 401ks that you have, you know, the IRAs that you have, how are, how is their performance? The Dow has not been above 30 during Biden's presidency. There has been a loss, I believe I heard it was about $2 trillion in assets in the stock market since he since uh, Biden presidency began. Are you feeling that? When you go to the grocery store, are you feeling that? The gas station, are you feeling that? When you're paying for childcare, are you feeling that with our current economic times, with the inflation? Or is education more important to you? Is it education like we saw in the uh, election in Virginia for governor? That became all about education. It focused on CRT and then how school boards didn't want to didn't want to include the parents and how the parents spoke out. And you know, Glenn Youngkin um, was elected governor of Virginia. The person that he beat on the Democrat Party, the Democrat governor, basically said, or actually did say, you know, like. Parents don't belong in the classroom. We will educate your kids. You give your kids to us and we will educate your children. So is education important to you? We saw during COVID, you know, states got to operate on their own, right? That's how, that's how we work here in the United States of America. The governors got to make their own decisions. Some states, you know, took kids out of the classroom immediately and then put them back in by, let's say, maybe three, four, five months into the pandemic by the start of the next school year. So the end of August or early September, depending on where you live within the United States. Others went to hybrid, you know, not in the classroom, but a hybrid. So maybe two or three days in the classroom. And then the other two or three days you're at home uh, doing remote learning. Other states, other municipalities kept kids out of school for more than a year. And now studies are being, are being conducted and are showing that one study says that there are a generation, like two decades worth of education loss 
for some of the hardest hit areas that kept children out of school for the longest period of time. And if even it's not that aspect of education, maybe it's the aspect of education when it comes to things like CRT or in the state of Florida where, where I'm located, the um, Parental Rights and Education Act, which got labeled the Don't Say Gay Bill, you know, which was telling, hey, we're not going to, from uh, kindergarten through third grade, you know, from five to eight years old in the public school system, there's not going to be conversations between the teachers and the students that have anything to do with any type of, you know, sexuality. It is not age appropriate. Get, you know, fourth grade and beyond, you know, that's outside of the scope of that bill, but between ages five and eight, like, why are you having these conversations? So maybe that is important to you. Maybe just funding for education, school choice, charter schools, all of these different options. Maybe that is important to you. And then immigration and law and order. We are seeing that, you know, get a big spotlight in the state of Texas, Arizona, even Florida got involved with it. Uh, Governor DeSantis, you know, sending um, immigrants up to Martha's Vineyard and then Martha's Vineyard keeping them for about two days and then sending them off to a base, I believe. I want to say it was somewhere uh, in Cape Cod. But, you know, on a military base where they had immigration lawyers present and so on and so forth. You know, Governor Abbott in Texas sending migrants up to New York City and then Eric Adams declaring a state of emergency. You know, all these these um, political games going on to make these sanctuary cities, these sanctuary states feel Feel what these border towns are feeling. Maybe you believe that immigration needs to be, you know, just like build the wall, right? Maybe you believe that there needs to be a little bit of a give and take. Maybe you believe that all the DACA recipients going back to under Obama, maybe you believe that they need to have just be given full citizenship. And then we see the law and order that is going on that not only results from the illegal immigration in the, in the gotaways, you know, the gang violence, the human trafficking, the fentanyl coming over our border and other drugs that have come over our border for decades now. Maybe it's also the law and order where you live. Maybe you live in a bigger city that has seen crime rates spike, that has seen murder rates spike, that sees just uh, belligerent random acts of behavior, heinous crimes. Someone could be walking down the street and all of a sudden they get bludgeoned in the back of the head you know, and either hospitalized, paralyzed, or even killed. Maybe that is most important to you. Maybe it is abortion. Maybe it is gun policy. Maybe it is gun policy from the aspect of maybe you don't want any red flag laws. Maybe it's gun policy to where you do want red flag laws or, you know, more rules and banning on different types of, of magazines and different types of weapons that are allowed to be purchased by individuals. Maybe your issue is abortion. Maybe you know you celebrated the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Maybe you cried and yelled and screamed about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. You know, there was a little special election in Kansas that had a Democrat win. And they, the main issue for that campaign was, you know, about abortion. And then there was like a quick victory dance by the Democratic Party saying like, hey, yes, this is going to be what sways and brings people and keeps this red wave from happening for this uh, 2022 midterm. Well, the latest polling puts abortion about fourth or fifth on the list. So maybe it doesn't actually have as, you know, as big of effect as originally expected or originally hoped for. But every single one of these issues, you could easily, 
you know, be a single issue voter and say, yes, you know, the economy and inflation is most important to me. Polling shows, you know, of Americans that the, they, they trust Republicans more with the economy. Maybe you do, maybe you trust Republicans more for the economy, but you are more, you know, socially, you know, maybe you're more socially democratic. Maybe education, again, is your thing. Maybe immigration law and order is your thing. Safety is your thing. Maybe you're a suburban mom or even an inner city mom and you need the the um, the protection with that comes with law and order. You know, reducing violence on the streets so that your children are not um, wrapped up into or even killed or injured through acts of violence. So when it comes to single-issue voting, one of the drawbacks, I would say, of single-issue voting, if that is maybe the way you operate, like your political value, that's kind of your framework, your structure, that's the way you go about it, is if you are a single-issue voter, what about everything else? Is it really possible for you to just turn turn an eye, blind eye to those other issues that are on the ballot. You know, let's say you have a candidate that, you know, they are everything that you don't like, and then they have one issue that they do like. Are you just going to vote for that issue and say, eh, you know, just whatever with the other items that you could be completely in disagreement with? Or are you a single-issue voter on the other side where, you know, maybe everything they do and you you approve of you're on board with and then all of a sudden they make maybe have one policy stance make one decision and then they lose your vote i have a i'm going to call it a cautionary tale but about a week and a half ago coming up on two weeks ago i was having a conversation you know about governor desantis not even really about the midterms but just talking about what he's been doing lately and you know voting coming up in the midterm elections and we got onto this conversation about how you know his stance with, you know, schools is, is good, everything he did with that, you know, COVID and so on and so forth, all these different things that he that he accomplished, that he and the state legislature accomplished here in the state of Florida. But then the individual I was having the conversation with got was completely turned off by the um, the political act that he did by sending illegal immigrants up to Martha's Vineyard, talking about how you know, he was playing with people's lives because there's the those individuals need to then show up for a court date and they hadn't even had their court date yet. So then how are they going to be able to finance their way from Massachusetts back down to Texas and just was completely off-putting to this person I was speaking with. And then they went on to say that because of that, they were not going to vote for DeSantis and, you know, they don't support the other candidate, Charlie Crist here in Florida, but then therefore they won't be voting at all. I'm not in favor of, of that. Um, I would like to see maybe, you know, a little more, a little more grace or, you know, still cast a vote. Don't let one thing overshadow the, the good that has been done. Because to me, if you are in this case, if you're just not going to vote, then to me, my opinion is that you are then, you know, you are then forfeiting your right to complain <laughs> in the future, you know, whatever the result is of the election, whether DeSantis is reelected as governor of the state of Florida or if he loses. Because the way you can have your voice heard is through your vote. So 
if you are a single issue voter and let's say you are completely put off by something and maybe you choose not to vote at all, I don't recommend that because again, I think you, you have just forfeited your right to, for your voice to be heard. And you could say, Oh, well, you know, maybe in a deep blue or a deep red and it wouldn't matter anyway. Yeah. But you still got to vote and you still got to have your voice heard, put your opinion out there, what you support. So don't abstain, you know, don't not vote. I would not recommend that at all because if you don't, then again, whenever something happens in the, in the future, you know, for whoever wins the election, I don't really want to hear you complain about it because you had your opportunity to make your voice heard and you didn't. So if, then if you're going to complain, well, you know, too bad. So don't let it get to, to that point. That is my recommendation. You can be a single issue voter, but to me, don't just not vote. And then on the um, podcast episode that I had, when I was talking about, um, with David Pollack <clears throat> about the two-party system towards the end of that episode, I believe that was episode 62 or 63. We got into the conversation of, you know, third party. Part of that two-party system discussion was, you know, George Washington recommended not to have a two-party political system. It was just going to result in power hungry people and, you know, not in just, it was going to result in an expanding of the tent instead of inviting more people into the tent. And then whether or not it would be better to have kind of more of like a a parliament effect, you know, like you see in in England or, you know, um, Japan where they have multiple parties, three, four, five, six, seven, eight parties. And then here in the United States, the the closest we get is uh, a third party candidate. And I was saying, you know, in this election, in this midterm, don't do the third party vote. I mean, it's third parties are great. I would understand the argument that there needs to be more than just two major parties. And that is something I think that we can continue to have the discussion about and be re- revisited between the election, the election cycles. But I would say for this election, don't vote third party because to me, you are throwing your vote away. Yet a rise of a third and fourth party would probably be very beneficial for our country. But right now, with what we've seen taking place since Joe Biden and his administration um, was elected and began running this country, you know, January of 2021, there hasn't been a whole lot of good, if any good, that has come from his administration. That's on the federal level. And then if you take a closer look at the state level and even the um, municipality, the city level, what good has come from the Democrats that are in power in your area? To me, this election is too important to vote third party. My approach, if you are a third party, if you are libertarian, you know, independent, Green Party, you know, whatever, that for this election, there is so there is so much on the table, the importance of it. I mean, we've seen what the what the radical liberal and progressive Uh, Democrats are trying to do to this country, how they're trying to undermine the foundations of this country, how they're trying to, you know, get rid of like the nuclear family, how they're trying to normalize transgenderism, all of these types of things, their economic policy, you know, believing in the modern monetary theory, you know, with, and even trying to do more spending, how they're trying to completely shut off, you know, our fossil fuels and everything else. To me, this election is too important to vote third party. So for this election here in 19 days, 
vote for the candidate that you most closely align to. And then after election day, continue to build up your third party. Make it grow between election cycles, from election to election. And then when they are built up enough, then vote for those those candidates, those individuals. But to me, from what we have seen in the last almost two years now under the Biden administration, not only his administration again, but on the state level and then the more local level, we have seen the radicalization of the Democrat Party. There have been famous Democrats that have been coming out now, speaking up a little more lately, you know, uh, Bill Maher and so on and so forth, saying like, hey, you know, the Democrat Party of 25 years ago, 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, isn't what it is today. The Democrat Party today, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is on record saying this. It's like, we need to get the people who have the Democrat Party mindset of the like 1990s, early 2000s out of the party. And she's also on record for saying, if you're a Democrat, but yet you don't support abortion, then you need to be out of the party. This is the type of radicalization that we have seen. So if you are not in favor of that radicalization, then you need to be voting against that radicalization. And in this election, again, not voting third party, but voting, in this case, it would be for a Republican. And then in between the elections, between November 2022 and November 2024, you are building up your third party candidate if that is how you typically lean. So these voter, your political values, which one are you? Are you big picture? You take multiple in? Are you a single voter? Are you traditional third party? Whatever your political values are, now is the time with 19 days to go. Some early voting has already begun, which that's a whole nother topic. To me, election day needs to be a national holiday. Everybody gets off work, stand in line. You vote, you can have a carve out, you know, for the absentee ballots and everything. But now leading up 19 days until actual voting day on November 8th, now is the time, if you haven't already done so, to take stock of your political values. Look in the mirror, see what is on the ballot, look at the last two years, look at years before that, what has improved for you, what has not improved for you. What would you like to, what um, positions do you have, do you uh, support? What are you an advocate of? Are you dying on a hill? You know, is there one thing that you want to see changed and that whoever supports that one thing is going to get your vote? Take the time between now and election day to truly understand what your political values are, find the candidates that support your political values and then be sure to cast your vote on election day. Hi, I'm Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the Counterthought Podcast. Thank you for watching this video. Remember to like it and then also check out these two videos and subscribe to the channel. For more daily content from me, you can find me on Instagram at Counterthought CEO and the official Counterthought Instagram page at counter underscore thought. Thank you for watching and spread the word. 
Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube. And engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.